I want to share something that, that I believe is very important for you, and especially on hearing what we just heard from Tammy. See, last week, during this time together, this hour together, we talked about suffering. And I received so much feedback from you. We discussed how everybody, to some degree, suffers, and your suffering matters to the Lord. And God desires to even use that suffering as a process for transformation. And as we talked about that, I mean, many people, whether it was in small groups or whether it was someone coming to my office or something that I heard a couple of days ago from one of our members, just nonstop stories about how important it was to hear that their suffering mattered to God. I say that because many of you are in a unique season of prayer. Maybe you are sick or maybe the person that's closest to you in this life, they're sick and you've been praying. You've been asking for a miracle. You heard Tammy's story. You saw Tammy's story and that even encouraged you all the more. And you've been praying, asking God for healing and yet that healing has not come. Maybe you have cancer. Maybe you have another condition. You don't even know as the days go by what it is doing right now in your body. You're awaiting test results. You're awaiting to know what lies ahead as far as treatment. But as far as you know, right now, though you are persistently praying, you know of no healing that's taking place in your body. Let's transition from sickness. There, there are probably some today who you find yourself in this season of life, you are single and yet with the desire to be married. And there you are day after day praying for a spouse. And yet, as far as you know, to this point, that, that prayer is uh, only brought back to you silent. Maybe there's a couple in the room who you have been praying for that longing to raise a child to be met with the words that you are pregnant or uh, by means of adoption. And yet to this point, even though other people are seeming to experience that joy all around you, you still seem to be sitting in silence. Maybe you're praying for a relationship in your family that's broken. You've asked God to heal it. Surely it's God's will that this would be done and so he'll do it. And yet, as of this morning, when you drove to church, that relationship was still broken. The husband that you thought would love you forever, he hasn't. Or the wife that said she would be there, she's not here. What, what is going on and why does God not answer my prayers? Whatever it is, whether a job or sickness, whatever that prayer is in this season of time, you might feel like that widow coming to that judge day after day and yet you've had no answer. 
I want us today to see that whether we're experiencing healing as we have seen from this testimony this morning, or whether we sit in apparent silence, that we can know from the depths of our heart with full assurance that God is for us, that God loves us, that God has purpose for us, and God is withholding no good thing from his children. We know that from this word today. This text is very special to me. Many of you know that in 2008, we, we buried a stillborn son. It's not what we desired, but we, we buried a stillborn son. Very sad time in our lives. And I remember at his celebration of life service, which is very interesting when you're talking about a child that was stillborn, the text that I preached from was this very text. Romans chapter five, verse six through 11. Why? Because it's here in this text that the Lord shows me, this is how you can know that I'm for you and that I love you and that I have purpose for you and that you matter. Romans chapter five, starting in verse six. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, and listen, now that we're friends, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. I'm gonna pray for you. We're gonna get two quick truths and then we're gonna celebrate. Father, we love you. We thank you for this word. May you open up our eyes to see it. May you open up our ears to hear it. We pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Two truths. First one is this. Romans 5 teaches us that if we want to measure love, if we want to measure love, if we want to know love, look to the cross of Christ. I I love the way that, that Paul does this. And in Paul doing this, the Lord does this for us. He gives us a really easy argument to understand. I'll give it to you here. He he, he says this, and if you've taken notes, do this A under this, human love, as moving as it might be, has its limits. Human love, as moving as it might be, has its limits. Love will cause you to do some crazy things. And I've been in love with Catherine Mache for a long time. In fact, this year, over half my life, I have been in love with her way before uh, I should have been able to be in love with her. I was in love with her, according to her parents, okay? <laughs> but I've been in love with her for a long time. And listen, my love for her caused me to do some crazy things. Love that girl. 
We've been raising our girls now for some years. Lucy six, Annie five, Hazel two, and Lewis on the way. And let me tell you, my kids and the love I have for them make me do some crazy things. I love them. But I want to show you what the Lord teaches us here in Romans 5. As he says, okay, I want you to take the people that you love the most. The people that you do anything for. The people you'd lay down your life for. And, and though there are many of you in this room who I'd lay down my life. There's some of you I probably wouldn't. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh, there, you know, there's some people that you know I'd give my life for them and, and my, my family. It's just easy. Of course I would. I, I'd do anything in my power uh, for them. Anything I could possibly do. But what God is telling us is this, is that, yeah, you might, you might have somebody in your life you'd lay down your life for. But your love, as strong as it might be for that individual, it's, it's limited. It might be directed to that person that loves you back. A person that you consider worthy of laying down your life. But I want to show you a better love. He shows us Christ. Christ who loved us so much that when we were helpless, and that that means unable to do anything to save ourselves. I mean, think about Tammy. She was in a, there were times there where she was certainly helpless. All of us, our spiritual state apart from the Lord is far deeper than her state there in the ICU. Dead spiritually and unable and unwilling and undesiring to reach out to the Lord. We were helpless. We were sinners. We were, and the scripture says enemies, we were, whether we realize or not, against the Lord by nature. And yet those, us, us, the ones against God, that's who Christ laid down his life for. Not when we were coming around. Not when we were loving But when we were unlovable and undeserving and unwilling to look to him, that is when he laid down his life for us. For people who would have never loved him back. Human love, as moving as it might be, it has its limits. But Jesus Christ, sent by God the Father to willingly die, not for righteous people, not for good people, but for those who were against him. That, my friends, is where we see love. Therefore, the argument is here that God's love is far greater in its magnitude and in its dependability than even the greatest of human loves. Romans 5 teaches us that if we want to measure love, look to the cross of First John chapter four, verse seven says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That means that his son satisfied the wrath of God in our place. 
Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Today, I'm reminded as I hear Tammy's story and I see the uh, the care of God in her life, the grace of God in her life, as I rejoice in the goodness of her healing, it just points me to the goodness of my Savior. And I know for sure that anybody in the room that you desire to know this love, he gives it freely. That anyone that will look, that Jesus Christ will save you. My little Annie Ruth is one of the most passionate things in all of the earth ever been created. She's also one of the cutest and sweetest little things in, in her own time. And Annie has to be reassured of my love all the time. I don't know why, but she does. And Annie Ruth hides her little head and I constantly have to pick up her little head and look at her in the face. And I always say this, I say, Annie Ruth, I love you no matter what. I love you no matter what. I want you to know that this text is showing us, I love you no matter what you've done. Because at your worst, I died in your place. Surely, surely now that you have been made mine, can I save you forever? That's the text. If you want to know love, You want to see it most clearly, look to the cross of Christ. And if, secondly, and lastly, you want to measure power, look to the resurrection. If you want to know love, look to the cross. And if you want to know power, look to the resurrection. I I just want to remind you today that God will finish what God starts God will finish what God starts. He'll do it every time. Think about this. If Jesus went to the cross in my place and saved me when I was an enemy, how much more will he keep me now that I'm a friend of God? That's what this text is showing. There's people all across the room who you suffer in your mind, you suffer in your brain, you suffer with whether God really loves you, whether he really has purpose for you, whether he's really even good. And this text says, most assuredly, yes, he is, period. See it today as you look to the cross. Listen, he loves you. Jesus died in your place. He's strong enough to keep you to the end. How do I know? Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He'll always do what he says he will do. I I heard Tim Keller say it this way. He said, the God who opened up heaven for us will ensure that we arrive there. Listen, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, we were brought to him, made right with him, by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. I got better news today than that Tammy's alive. Jesus Christ is alive. And in Tammy and in me and any of his children in this room today, he lives.
I'm going to ask if our musicians would come up and listen. Don't you dare let time get in the way of the Holy Spirit today. If the Lord is drawing you, come. If you need prayer, come. Whatever the Lord is speaking to you, allow him to work in your life today. Father, we love you. We thank you.